0: The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right. Rejoice in the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgment of the Lord is true. They are righteous altogether. They are more desirable than gold. Yes, much more than fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. That's Psalm 19, verses 7 through 10. A great way to start our Sunday school time together in God's Word. And let's open in prayer as we ponder His precepts. Father, we thank you for a time where we can learn together through this Sunday school event. We're thankful for the technology and the people who make it possible. And Lord, as we open your word today, we pray that we will understand that what you have to say is right and true. Help us to study, to show ourselves approved as workmen and workwomen who are not ashamed of the gospel. Thank you, Lord, for this church, for all the people that are part of it who serve you so faithfully. Give us the strength for the days ahead, and we pray for wisdom for our staff and leaders as they decide how we should congregate or stay apart during this time. Lord, we give you all the glory for what you do. And we thank you for this time, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, as you know, we've been in the book of Proverbs through this online Sunday School teaching, but I started in Psalm today because I was looking at the lesson and I thought it fit perfectly because today is all about wisdom. And when we know that God's precepts and and the writings of Scripture are true and they bring refreshment to the soul, how exciting it is to bring you today's lesson. I'm Craig Bryant, and um, it's a pleasure to be with you through this time together today. And I'll ask you to open your Bibles to the book of Proverbs. We're in chapter 4 today. You know, last week we just finished the Father's Day holiday. It was a wonderful time. I'm a father of two children and certainly had joyous time in fellowshipping with them and enjoying memories both uh, old that we reminisced and new that we made together. But it also reminds me that our Heavenly Father enjoys time spent with His children. And in this book of Proverbs, we're going to see how the Father is writing to the Son and just pleading with Him to hear and obey and to not turn away from God's wisdom. Let's read a few scripture verses together in chapter 4. We'll read the first three. Hear, O sons, the instruction of a father. And give attention that you may gain understanding. For I give you sound teaching. Do not abandon my instruction. When I was a son to my father, tender and the only son in the sight of my mother, and we'll read verse 4 as well, he taught me and said to me, Let your heart hold fast to my words, keep my commandments, and live. So, as a young person, Solomon was someone who was taught by his father and mother the precepts of God. And he was appealing uh, to him to say, son, give me your ear. Help or understand what I have to say. It will help you in your ways. It will guide you as you go forward. In fact, he says, keep my commandments and live. There's so much to wisdom that um, seems self-apparent. Things like we should take care of ourselves through what we eat and what we intake in our mind. Those all seem self-apparent. But as you go through the book of Proverbs, there are very, very specific do's and don'ts that come to mind. In fact, later on today, we're going to watch and hear as Solomon really talks about the heart or the soul of the person. Let's go over to Matthew chapter 7 real quickly, and we can see how important wisdom is to gain and how difficult at times it is as well. This is Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. Enter through the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who enter through it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life, and there are few that find it. You know, that's Jesus teaching himself, and he's talking about salvation in that context. But his whole point is still very apparent in the Proverbs that there is a way that seems right to man, yet the broad path leads to destruction. Narrow is the way that we're supposed to go. Well, let's look forward in our book of Proverbs to verse 10, and we'll read just a few verses there, 10 through 12. Hear, my son, and accept my sayings, and the years of your life will be many. I have directed you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in the upright paths. When you walk, your steps will not be impeded, and if you run, you will not stumble." The illustration that I want to use here in this part of our learning is one of a straight path. Verse 11 talks about the upright paths. Another translation says, I lead you, I'm guiding you on straight paths. There's nothing better than when you're going through a forest, when you know that you're going to get in timberline and not be able to see all around you, to have a path that is well-defined, that is marked by previous footpaths and people that have walked before you so that you can know where to go. It's especially true when it is either dark because the sun hasn't come up or it's late in the evening. One year, my family and I were hiking in the Colorado mountains and we got started late in the day on a hike that would lead us well above Timberline into the 14,000 foot range. It was a very open expanse so you could see where you were going very easily. But because we got a late start, The dark was coming quickly. And as we were coming back down, we were entering the forest again. And sure enough, uh, the shadows really overcame us. And sure enough, my wife, who's always prepared, had flashlights and we could see the way down. But it did help with those flashlights to have a path through those woods back to our car. And sure enough, well after sunset, we arrived and we were recounting the joyous time we had. But we were grateful for the light and the path that we had. And Tammy said to all of us, This is just like the Lord's teachings. When we think we're lost, we can follow his guiding light and we can follow the path that he's led. And when that happens, it gives you great confidence. And so Solomon's saying the same thing here, that he's the one that's directed the path and that we should listen to it. The writer lets us know that when you walk, that in God's way, your steps will not be impeded. And if you run, you'll not stumble. It's a great comfort to those that were reading it to know that God's truths would lead them to a a safe, comfortable place. Now contrast that with the verses in 14 and 15 of things to avoid. Let's read 14 and 15 together. Do not enter the path of the wicked. Do not proceed in the way of evil men. Avoid it. Do not pass by it. Turn away from it and pass on. You know The lights of Las Vegas are appealing to many, and it's not just because of the shows or the gambling or other things that we should be wary of. The point that I'm making about Las Vegas is it's known as Sin City. Now, whether or not you're someone who loves Vegas or not, I'm not here to judge that. I'm here to say that you know what you're getting into when you go to those places. And it's something that we should be aware of when people draw us towards the bright lights and the bold places that sound fun. We should, as the, Psalmist, as the writer Proverbs said, I should say, we should just not even pass by that way. Let's just skip by it all together. I'm supposed to go to Las Vegas later this year for a football game, assuming there is a season It'll be neat to go there, but I'm going to make sure that I do my very best to stay on the outskirts and in the stadium and stay away from things that would not be uh, appropriate nor desirable as a Christian to be a part of. So I'm saying to you that that's really what the writer is telling us is let's not even be tempted by or try to be a part of the things that are uh, going to lead us down the wrong path. Well, skipping forward in the book of Proverbs, we get to verse 18 and 19. Let's read those together. The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until the full day. The way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. In two verses, we see a great comparison and a contrast of light and dark. I'm an early bird. I like to wake up early before the sun and be outside in the cool of the day. And when the sun starts coming up, it's a wonderful time to enjoy the beauty of God's creation. But it does get brighter and brighter as the day dawns and as the sun climbs and gets toward noon and the afternoon where it's fully bright. And, And that is what scriptural awareness is about, is it brightens you. It helps illuminate the paths that you're walking. Contrast that with verse 19, where there's darkness and there's stumbling that goes on. You know, just the other evening, I was out after dark with our dogs. We were checking on something, and sure enough, I did not take the flashlight with me. I didn't have my phone to turn it on. and uh, Before long, I found myself stumbling a bit over the sidewalk. I thought I knew where it was, and it wasn't there. I was reminded as I was studying for this of that the other evening. Yes, the dogs could see perfectly in the dark. They have a different way with their eyes to be able to do that, but I was stumbling around. I needed the light to help me. On my path. And as Christians, we should definitely seek God's teachings and His proverbs and precepts to follow. That will help us as we walk with Him. Well, now I come to my final section that I'll be teaching on today, and this is verses 20 through 23. I was grateful when Jack asked uh, if I could teach him Proverbs. I sprinted to this lesson, lesson four, because it has what is in this next section, what I call my life verse. I'll explain that in a minute as I read to you. Verse 20, my son, give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health To all their body. And now, verse 23. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. This is personally my life verse, verse 23. And I don't want to get too autobiographical, but let me explain how I came upon this. Um, I was 25 years old sitting in a dorm room at the University of Texas at Austin. No, I was already out of college, um, but I was back there working at a summer camp that year. It was the summer just before I was to marry. I was about to get engaged. And so my life was really coming together in many ways with exciting, wonderful things. And I'd been praying that the Lord would show me what to do as a husband. And I'd been doing some curriculum provided by my pastor at the time to prepare to be a man of God as a husband and hopefully someday a father. And as I was going through it, it led me, this curriculum, to Proverbs 4. And as I was reading through Proverbs 4, these four verses literally jumped off the page at me. It was 10 at night. I'd had a long day at that camp. It was a hot, sweaty day, but it was as fresh and as new as a brand new day was dawning. These verses hit me right where I was, that I was to be a man who... Who strove to follow God's word, do not let it depart from my sight, keep it in the midst of my heart, as verse 21 says, and then to watch over my heart with all diligence because the springs of life flow from it. And friends, I cannot tell you how God met me that evening in that dorm room in Austin to just say to me, If you will follow me, I will lead you, I will show you, and you can trust me. In the context of this verse, or these set of verses, the heart refers to your soul, your being, your everything in the writer and what he has to say. And so, godly wisdom calls on believers to guard this part of them above all else. It serves as our physical, emotional, and spiritual source of our life. And so I share this, these set of verses with you, knowing that many of you have much different life verses, and God has has helped you in other ways, but hopefully that can give you some encouragement to say, if we will follow God in everything, He will surely undergird us. He will surely encourage us, even on the rockiest of roads. So in closing... What I'd like to do is skip down to verses 26 and 27, the last two verses of this chapter. Watch the path of your feet, and all your ways will be established. Do not turn to the right nor to the left. Turn your foot from evil. You know, we've heard the saying, put one foot in front of the other. That's all you can do. And to trust the Lord whenever you are walking with Him. But I want to go a step further. This says your ways will be established, meaning that they will have on the path that you're taking God walking there beside you, with you, carrying you at times uh, through the difficult days. Don't be anxious to look at something else. Look straight ahead and keep our feet from evil. Now friends, that's much easier said than done in a world we live in with so many temptations through technology, through the difficulty of being um, having time on your hands when you're not putting your hands directly onto something the Lord has in mind. But I want to quote from the book that we were given this past Sunday as men in the church. It's the Patrick Morley book called The Christian Man. I was thumbing through it as I received this over the weekend, and I I'm on page 198, and it's talking about a man's work. And the subtitle is this. It says, every interaction is an opportunity to bring glory and honor to Christ. We've certainly heard that theme from our pastors as they've been in the pulpit or teaching through technology on Wednesdays. But I'm just going to read to you a quick excerpt from it. Here it is. God's plan is for us to do our work wholeheartedly as a representative of Jesus Christ. It is okay, even desirable, to plunge yourself headlong into doing your job well. It is fitting to say these things, and he gives some examples of what you could say if you were a waiter at a table. But he said, provided you're not being asked to do something illegal or unethical, you should do what you're told or asked to do with all your being and to do it in a respectful way. So I'm paraphrasing some from this book, obviously I'm taking it out of context, but I think in closing, what the writer is trying to say is that he's giving instruction to a son and in the spirit of Father's Day and the recently held Mother's Day, I think that we can look at our children and hopefully say, I want to show you the way through God's Word. And by doing that, God will receive the glory and honor of the things that we do and say. Well, thanks for listening today. It's been a pleasure to open God's word with you. Let's close in a word of prayer as we uh, finish up. Lord, as we've gone through the book of Proverbs 4 and we started off in the book of Psalm and over to Matthew chapter 7, Lord, all of these things teach us that we are to walk, that we are to find that narrow path that leads to salvation in Jesus Christ alone. And in a world that is all about materialistic things or even the things that talk about universalism or that there's a broad path and a lot of ways to get to God or to heaven, we know we hold the truths of God in our hands in your scripture. Thank you for it. Thank you for Proverbs 4 and for the encouragement it is to those of us who are both sons and daughters of parents and then who have children that we're trying to lead in your word. Help us, Lord, to be not only focused and faithful but to also be forgiving of ourselves and each other when we fail, because we know that you're a God that forgives us. We ask you, Lord, to do that very thing. Forgive us when we fail you, and help us to walk worthy and to be strengthened by your word. May we go forth to serve you and bring you glory and honor in all that we do and say. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.